0: and we are live folks once again i am your host eric welcome to rebel with a cause and uh joining me this evening one mr joseph tully he's a lawyer out of california and he's going to talk tonight about some fbi mishandling of the nexium cults
1: yes sir how are you today
0: oh doing pretty good doing pretty good so uh i think everyone has heard of the nexium cults uh, it was like a sex cult type of thing. And uh, one of the actresses from Smallville, I think, was had like a, a large role in recruiting and stuff like that. Uh, but you say the FBI is like mishandling some evidence or botching some stuff. What's going on with that?
1: Correct. Yes. So, I mean, Nexium started out as a self-help uh, organization, uh, similar to a lot of multi-level um, marketing companies. And, you know, there, there was a lot of good that came out of it. I'm not here to take a position on Nexium, whether it was good, whether it was bad, on Keith Ranieri, whether he was good guy, bad guy. Uh, My job um, came in after the case was done, you know, that they they had had a jury trial. Um, He was convicted of everything and he was sentenced to 120 years. And the group came to me, um, you know, people, people who support him came to me with these allegations that, you know, the FBI tampered with evidence and you know, I, I didn't take it at face value right away. Um, I looked at everything, and um, they had three top digital forensic experts look at the um, look at the evidence that was used to convict uh, Keith Raniere of the most heinous charges. And that was the hard drive, in a backup hard drive, and a camera with the camera card. So um, hmm. those are the only two pieces of evidence that um, were used by the government to convict him of possession of child pornography and child exploitation. And I should say that in terms of the child, and, and the child exploitation is just another way of saying the child, uh, you know, manufacturing child pornography. So the the pictures at issue here are not uh, child pornography on their face. I have not seen them. Again, I'm, I came in after the trial looking specifically and only at the FBI tampering. Um, but these are pictures of, of the the subject in the photos are uh, someone that Mr. Raneri had in a long term adult sexual consensual relationship with. So it's not like you look at these photos and you say, you know, my God, this is child pornography. The right. issue was if they were if the photos were taken in 2005, she would have been 15, and therefore they're pornography um, and illegal. Um, if they were taken when she was over 18, they would be absolutely legal. And one thing uh, that the experts noted in this case is that all of the anomalies, all the digital um, anomalies in, in the case on the backup hard drive and on the camera card um, all support the government's theory that you know the pictures were taken in 2005. If these were real photos of her when she was you know, below 18, um, yeah. there'd be no need to tamper. You just take the photos and present them to the jury. There wouldn't be a need for all these uh, anomalies.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's probably a, a new thing that I've heard of. I haven't heard that they, that they were going after him on uh, child porn or anything like that. I think it was, um, at least just from what I've heard of the case was that they were going out and like recruiting other actors and actresses to take part in this group. Uh, and that there was some, you know, sex cult type things going on. But, uh, so you you've actually got a pretty good uh, host here because I, I really haven't heard too much about the case. So. <laughs> sure.
1: And, and again, really, um, again, I, my job is to look at the evidence uh, of tampering and did it happen did it not happen um after evaluating you know what the what the experts had produced and again these are three top digital forensic experts um two of whom are ex law enforcement who have decades of law enforcement uh, underneath them one is a very decorated and highly uh, esteemed FBI uh, or ex FBI agent uh, another was a i think a state trooper He's an attorney and and had ex-law enforcement in his background. So um, the, their goal was not to get hired and just say yes to whatever somebody wanted them to do. They, they approached this with a lot of integrity and they were extremely disappointed that they actually uh, found evidence of tampering that, that they did. So um, again, I, but even that wasn't good enough uh, for me. Um, you know, what I did from that point is I said, okay, let's put this evidence, these experts to the test. And you've heard of a mock jury, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I did a mock grand jury. And um, as you know, people may or may not know, before the government files charges against somebody, um, what they do is they bring their allegations to a grand jury and a grand jury secretive, and it's you know up to you know a range of people has to be I think over 13 but under you know 25 and you have to have a certain quorum there um to to vote on on the charges to say whether or not it should be filed in court and that kind of thing and what we did is we mirrored that process to the closest that we possibly could we used a professional company Um, that rounded up, you know, neutral people off the street. Um, We got 19 people uh, who showed up for this exercise. And Mm, after listening to expert testimony for hours, um, at the end, again, this is a mock session, um, 16 of the 19 people all voted that there was uh, FBI tampering in this case. So after I heard that, I decided, okay, it's been vetted by experts, and it's been vetted by you know random people off the street under the under very strict standards so i'm i'm prepared to go forward with this motion
0: okay yeah and that that also helps that it you you grab complete strangers who probably didn't know anything. it was like myself who don't really know too much about the case or none at all and if they're able to come to some kind of conclusion like that i mean you know 16 of 19 that's you did a lot of persuading there so i mean the evidence has to speak for itself so
1: C- correct and in a grand jury um i actually didn't want to do any persuading so it wasn't um in a grand jury normally you know it's just a prosecutor talking to uh the grand jury members no judge is present no defense attorneys present you can't have a defense attorney in court but me being a defense attorney i didn't want a lopsided result i mean i was going i was i wanted to test this out and um i was incredibly fair i i told the jury you know before you deliberate uh, take into a fact that that you know people start with the presumption of innocence and and you know start with that before you deliberate so um i you know just in in terms of did i do persuading i didn't i presented facts to them and i didn't care what they voted on one way or another i just what what i wanted was the truth
0: yeah and that's uh, that's the way that you got to handle it it's kind of like an old uh, sales thing your your product will speak for itself at the end of the day. I mean, you can sit there and sell as much as you can, but if your product mm-hmm. is no good, then, you know, no one's gonna buy it. But uh, I guess in this case, I mean, if you had all the evidence there and you're kind of showing, it's like, you know, hey, there's some hinky things going on with this digital evidence, you know, this, let's try to get this before an actual jury and see what they have to say about it.
1: Yeah, correct. Um, and, you know, that so in, in terms of actual jury, you know, actual mock grand jury, but it was, you know, actual people off the street. And i tried to mirror as much as i could um how a grand jury would actually do it so you know the qualifications um you know no felons no people that knew about nexium you know pro con anything um right everything that that a grand jury um where i can emulate that that's what i did um so i mean you know and to getting to some of the facts so um the, the first two pieces of evidence seized in this case on the search warrant were the uh, camera with the camera card, and that was upstairs. So the FBI you know, raided a house, they went through the whole downstairs, ignored everything, went upstairs, ignored a bunch of rooms, went straight to this uh, study area, hmm. and the first item that they took was the camera and camera card then in that same room, but up over on a shelf, they went and got the, uh, the backup hard drive. Then they did a few other items. And then I think they went back and like item number 18 is another item that was sitting next to the camera underneath that desk. So but here's the thing, the alleged uh, child pornography was not discovered until about 332 days later, right when everybody was going to go to trial so everybody who had been charged mm. was fighting the case they were unified they wanted to go to trial and prove their innocence and then these allegations came out and one by one all the co-defendants um, start filing for a severance saying hey look I'm not going to get a fair trial if I'm sitting next to the guy accused of you know child pornography yeah. and child exploitation yeah. um, and then when they didn't get that severance that the judge didn't grant it then one by one, they all start taking plea deals. So this is something that affected the whole entire uh, process.
0: Right. Yeah. And that seems kind of strange It almost like the FBI knew exactly what they were looking for when they went in there. So uh, that I'm not an expert on FBI procedure and everything, but if I was the one doing the searching of the house, you know, I would, you know, first of all, get everybody out of there. And then we would search it room by room and basically turn everything over. Like even like look in electrical outlets to see if they hit anything. But I mean, if you're just passing everybody up, going straight upstairs, right to the place where you're trying to find stuff, that, that just seems a little, little interesting.
1: Yeah. And again, the, the most important evidence that, you know, where that supposedly wasn't noticed until uh, 332 days later. So right on the eve of trial. So, um, it, yeah. it, and that, you know, that's really just the beginning. I mean, that's, that's sort of the, the prologue of, of the tampering, uh, looking at the hard drive itself, um, files that were there were different there's there's a subfold there's a folder on the hard drive from a backup from a computer um alleged backup computer that said studies and then in the studies folder were two subfolders and there's lots of anomalies in there so one of the biggest things is that some of the files um there there's a date range they're all you know uh october 30th would have been daylight savings time of 2005. Again, the photos were taken in 2005, she would have been 15. Yeah.
0: So um,
1: so in terms of the the photos, there's, there's a whole list of photos and some of them are adjusted for daylight savings time. You know, they're right. adjusted one hour. Um, some of the same photos from the same day, from the same supposed backup session are not adjusted at all for daylight savings time. And some are adjusted two hours for daylight savings time. So somebody got very, very sloppy. Um, there's another <laughs> yeah, photo um, within nearby the contraband range. Um, and I'm going to say instead of saying child pornography, alleged child pornography, I'm going to say contraband, that means illegal. Um, right. There's another photo where um, on the hard drive, it's with a, a bunch of other photos. And this one um, has an, an Adobe Photoshop element in its exit data, meaning okay, so somebody touched up this photo in in Photoshop. Right. But here's the thing: all of the other files in that in that list, they have a like a origination date, a creation date, and a last edited date, and they're all the same. Meaning you know, they were they were the photos taken, they were backed up to this computer and nothing changed the creation dates the same as the uh, is the last edited date, the photo that we know somebody was editing something because it has a Photoshop element in the exit data. The creation date and the last edit date is exactly the same. So somebody was trying to cover up the fact that it was edited.
0: Yeah, you do anything in Photoshop, or when you're looking at those files, you should definitely see that the the last edited is, you know, even if it's like an hour later, that time code is there.
1: Exactly. And, and speaking of time codes, um, on the exit data, which it's EXIF, uh, for people who may not know about tech stuff, and, and I didn't know about it before this case. Um, that's basically when you when you take a picture on a digital device, um, it inserts the, the time, the date, and sometimes the location into that photo. Um, so the, but it, you know, ha- have, you ever tried to, uh, edit exit data in a, in, in anything on a computer?
0: No, I haven't, uh, I've, you know, messed around with a little bit like Photoshop stuff, but, uh, never like going into the data, the, the metadata and try to mess with that. So,
1: okay. uh, y- you can do it quite easily, uh, in windows. You can do it in windows Explorer. You can change the exit data you can change when a photo was taken anybody could do it right now Um, and yet because the government needed that 2005 date to establish these photos as contraband um one of a senior forensic examiner testified under oath that it was you know very hard to change exit data and you know nearly impossible so the, the prosecutor was able to argue to the jury that, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the, the folder say 2005, the ex- which matches the exit data, which says 2005, this is 2005, she's 15, you have to convict on these charges. But that's completely untrue. It would be like a senior um, engineer at Microsoft testifying that it's nearly impossible to change or to edit a, a document in Microsoft Word. I mean, the exit data is extremely easy to change. And, you know, if you're at your computer right now, you know, open up another window and type in, you know, change exit data or modify, edit exit data, and you'll see five or six free programs that will come up. But again, you don't even need to go that far. You could do it right within Windows Explorer.
0: Uh, is that something I know, because uh, I'm in the uh, the civil engineering thing and we, we have to do stuff with the computers all the time. Uh, so I know with some of our stuff, we can just pull it into Notepad and make a couple of changes that way and load it back up like it was the original file. That's pretty much the the same type of process. Correct. Yes. Ah. Okay. Yeah. So, like <laughs> anybody with half half a knowledge of Windows can can do this in like a second. It's not, you know, extreme data science that you need like uh, <laughs> several different degrees for.
1: Correct. Yes. And and that you know that same FBI agent and. Um, do, you, do you have any uh, courtroom experience at all in, in your background, Eric?
0: Yeah, a little bit here and there. Uh, I remember my father had to sue a place for not properly repairing his 18 wheeler um, and then just like little stuff like trying to argue a traffic ticket. so
1: Okay. Well, how about this? How about a hypothetical scenario where um, where there, there's a murder case and somebody's on the stand, an expert is on the stand talking about DNA and they testify that the DNA sample they got was uh, opened at the time they got it, and they don't know you know, who along the chain uh, gave it to them.
0: No, oh, you, you gotta that throw that normal? evidence out. Yeah, no, you gotta throw that evidence out. Correct, okay.
1: Um, the the same FBI agent that testified that exit data was easy to change, also testified that he received the camera card unsealed and that um, he didn't know all who had it before him, <laughs> and that getting evidence that was unsealed was not a big deal and that anytime evidence was unsealed there didn't need to be there didn't necessarily need to be a record of it so again all these anomalies and all these you know provable lies add up and they all support the government's narrative uh supporting these contraband photos um the, yeah, if I was the, sitting on the
0: jury and that guy said that, I would have been. That'd have been red flag city right there because there'd have been all kinds of <laughs> questions to the to every lawyer in the in the room. It's like, wait, what's going on here? Cor-
1: correct, but you know, sometimes jurors will take a cue, and um, I mean, there is as human beings, we do have we were programmed to be, you know, part of a tribal tribalistic, you know, like, yeah, and it doesn't matter, you know, race, sex, whatever. It's just sort of, you know, I like the 49ers. Are you on my tribe? You know, hey, I see you've got a 49ers shirt, we're on the same tribe, we, we have this link, we must, you know, I like you, you like me, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, I, I've noticed that in court, um, just like if somebody's being ganged up on and bullied and, um you know the, the judge I think made a lot of unfair rulings in this case the, the, you know um sometimes jurors will just ignore it and say well this guy's getting piled on I'm I'm you know I'm gonna kick him when he's down too everybody else is kicking him so um it I, I believe that that all these sort of um, bad calls you know bad evidence really yeah. prejudiced the jury against uh, Mr Ranieri in this case
0: yeah. And then, uh, I guess the, uh, the appeal to authority, uh, is also mm-hmm. there too. You know, you got, you're in a courtroom, you got a prosecutor saying that this is okay, you got a judge kind of backing it up and everything else so that, you know, if you're just don't really pay attention to this stuff, uh, and the only courtroom stuff that you've ever heard of is all on TV dramas, <laughs> you know, that you're probably just gonna say, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess I can just go along with it right here.
1: Sure. And, and there's you know, no, no, probably about it. I mean, let, let's talk about the Milgram experiment. You're familiar with that, right?
0: Uh, oh, yes. Uh, yeah. The Milgram experiment, uh, was the, where they gave them, uh, guards and gave them power or no, this was the electrical shock. I, I, get, yep, yep, I, I yeah. mixed so a whole the bunch of them up together. The Stanford experiment. Yeah, the yeah. Stanford. That's right.
1: So, so the Milgram, they had somebody who represented authority and that was represented by somebody who wore a white lab coat. Okay. Yeah. And they had all the the an instrument monitoring that had phony shocks that were progressive. And the end one was clearly marked, you know, deadly do not use. And yet, um, and there wasn't a person in the booth, it was recording. So it would be the same for every, um, every test subject. And, you know, every time the, the recorded subject would screw up, the white lab coat guy would say, continue with the experiment and, you know, administer the shock. And they found that they got most people to administer uh what was clearly marked as as a as a amount of shock that would kill somebody lethal um yeah. as long as somebody in a white lab coat just kept saying please continue the experiment yeah. so you know your 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 um points uh, are right on right on the money in terms of you know how jury kind of sees this yeah. um but you know so, so we've talked a little bit I've given you just two examples uh, on the hard drive um, that contained the alleged contraband photos. Um, but they didn't really, the government didn't necessarily have a case because a lot of people had access to uh, that that room. A lot of people used computers there. A lot of people could have done that backup. So the government needed to link that particular backup and those particular photos to Keith Ranieri. And so um, they said, well, he was known to use this camera that we found again, first, okay. first evidence item number one. Um, And they ran a report, a forensic report in in April uh, before before the year of trial. And um, there was only four photos uh, in common with the camera and the hard drive. And so then Hmm. um, two months later, right on the, you know, during trial, like the last three days of trial, um, before they put their, their expert on the government Reran the same using the same software, the same version of the same software on the same item of evidence, and reran another report. Um, 37 new files allegedly appeared, um, and now there are 32 Hmm. new photos that matched between the camera card and the hard drive making a much tighter correlation, right? The, the yeah. camera that he was linked to, you know, has all these photos in common with the hard drive. So it made it a, a tighter correlation. Of those 37 new photos, none of them were viewable in the same way that the um, that the four were from the April report. So there was, a, again, April report and a June report in like the last three days of trial that was disclosed. So if that doesn't seem tactical and strategic, You know, I don't know what does, but I'm not even going there right now. I'm just going to go with what exactly I can prove on the, on the camera card. There's, um, four different files, 93, 94, 96, and 97, skip 95. Um, and those have corollaries on or matching files on the hard drive, except on the hard drive, um, the photos are of a brunette. And on the on the camera card for those same exact files, if you look at the thumbnails, even though you you can't view the photos um, themselves, but if you look at the just compare the thumbnails, one is of a blonde and one is of a brunette completely different women. Okay. yeah. And this is on a camera card, not a hard drive where people are going to manipulate it also of those same four files uh, of the of the woman who's different than the than the matching one on the on the hard drive, um, it matches it matches other photos on that same camera card, uh, files number 180, 181, 182, and 183. So somebody was copying, it looks like 180, 181, 182, and 183, made 97, sorry, 94, 93, 94, 96, and 97. And but yet, they, they were using they were using actual photos to make copies to do a correlation. Um, There's one instance on the day where the FBI officially ran the report on the hard drive. Um, There's an unaccessed uh, somebody, we don't know who it was, but we know the card was checked out to the case agent. Um, That was accessed without a write blocker by an unauthorized person. So data was rewritten on the same day. So it's almost like somebody from the FBI was calling somebody else from the FBI saying, Hey, what do you have on the hard drive? Okay, what are what do we need to make happen on this camera card? So, yeah. I mean, th- again, there's just anomaly after anomaly after anomaly. If this was truly, uh, you know, pornography, child pornography, none of these anomalies would have to exist. They could simply just present it. The fact yeah. that they worked so hard, you know, changing daylight savings, um, exit data, you know, um, wrongly. But you know, the fact that they had to do all that is, is a strong point, if not, you know, proving yeah. prove positive that, that it, this was not child pornography, that they were actually legal images of an adult woman. And yeah. sorry, I should also say that um, the, the subject in these photos is somebody that you can look at a photo of her and you don't know if she's 16 or 32 or 25 or 19. She's just one of those people has one of those, uh, very slender, very youthful looking person.
0: Yeah. And it's Hollywood the, you know, the, these, the uh, the casting directors, they all look for that type of person so that they can play different ages. And, you know, it, as long as it shows up on camera correctly, so yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility there that, that they found a very youthful looking 25 year old, or, a you know, a, kind of an older looking 16 year old it's, uh, Not out of the realm of possibility for that and it's and this whole thing like i I, there's been so many news stories about evidence tampering with just regular police agencies uh and the fbi itself and not a very trustworthy organization i mean as far as i'm concerned the you know constitutionally it shouldn't exist in the first place but Mm -hmm. here we are and we got to deal with it but uh yeah i can't think of how many times i've i've heard of you know police messing with evidence trying to get that conviction as hard as they can but if it's a pedophile, that's their kink. They want easy access to it. They're not going to mess around and monkey with the data on there uh, too much. I mean, they're, if they're going to look at it, it's going to be on their computer. It's going to be on their hard drive or on a camera that they can easily watch. You know, it's, it's just a psychological compulsion that they have to have to look at it. So
1: it, correct. And as the the uh, ex FBI agent who was one of the experts pointed out, um, that as you said somebody who 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 does have this um kink in them uh this this criminal impulse they will hyper organize the the files you know uh by age ranges and all kinds of things and that did not happen here this is you know mainly adult women um different women were on that that backup with nude photos um, yeah. and other than these two 22 photos of this one subject, there was no other, uh, no other indication of any child pornography. So, you know, somebody doesn't become a child pornographer with just one person, you know, it would, it, it, yeah, it co- sort of, years of building
0: up to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm not even relying. I mean, that's a, that's ace. that's a good argument. It's a strong argument. I'm not even relying on that. I'm relying on things where I could prove positively in court.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the sign of a good lawyer. You know, it's like, I'm letting the evidence just do all the talking here. I'm just going to point it out to the jury.
1: Correct. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, yeah. You, you want the evidence to speak for itself and you want the jury, um, because really, as you pointed out, you, you can't advocate, I mean, um, against something that's untrue, the, the jury is going to see through it. So, and in this case, you know, I'm coming in after the case. What, If he's guilty, you know, I mean, there's no reason to come in and and go through all this effort um, if there's nothing there. I I saw this. A lot of lawyers were intimidated um, or you know, scared off. um, High-profile case.
0: Everyone seems to be against the guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that's not an easy position to take. So
1: yes, but uh, but yet here we are, and and I'm I'm uh, you know i'm like a a surgeon in a county emergency room right you take your your patients as they come to you um and you don't judge them you do your job you don't need to lie cheat or steal to be a good defense attorney i see plenty of lying cheating and stealing you know from prosecutors from uh law enforcement from judges you know bending over backwards for prosecutors or law enforcement and you know don't get me wrong there's good judges there's Great prosecutors, great judges, great people in law enforcement, but right now they're they're the best in the minority, and the yeah. culture of our whole criminal justice system is really um, it's really corrupted, um, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, um, what what I'm pointing out and what I'm proving um, isn't isn't shouldn't surprise many people, unfortunately, today.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've even had whole action movies, you know, Lone Wolf McQuaid. He was trying to go up against the police organization. He was the he was the only guy. You know, we, we've seen this in pop culture before,
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know,
0: cops you know begin to circle the wagons if they think one of them is going to be in trouble and they all start sticking up for each other. And uh, sometimes it's because, well, they know if they're the one that's speaking out against other cops, the backup call that they call for is maybe not going to get answered as fast as <laughs> as anybody else. So. Yeah, it's, it's a whole culture and it, it definitely has to change. And it, it, I don't have like a simple solution that I can just say, hey, we're going to do A, B, and C and that's going to fix the problem. You know, it's a, it's a whole, it's it's a big thing that uh, I don't even think is going to get solved in a generation, much less two, you know, it's.
1: Well, we th- have to start trying and we're not even yeah. doing that right now,
0: you know. so Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all, the other big thing.
1: Yeah, you know, all I could do is be the best lawyer I could be and be the best person I could be um i want to be highly ethical and i'm not saying i'm perfect i'm not trying to get on a high horse here but i'm i'm ashamed of the court system that we have today and just the level of ego that we have and and how it's not about justice it's about power and the the best thing that i could do like you're saying what do you do for solutions is i try to be the best person that i could be you know go to court be the most ethical person in the courtroom that's in my firm that's in our handbook. You know, go yeah. to court. Be the most ethical person in the courtroom. Um, let your credibility be your be the currency. If a defense attorney loses credibility, you really can't do much after that. But you know, largely when prosecutors are get caught doing something bad, or you know, they're rarely called out for it and rarely penalized for it. And yeah. that's that's shown in study after study
0: yeah i mean at worst they're gonna get a little slap on the wrist and maybe a bad headline and then you know it's back to the job on monday you know it's that, that type of thing but uh yeah so where do we stand with the uh with the case right now is that actually going to go before a jury here pretty soon or are you getting pretty close to that
1: no so so again um the the trial happened in 2019 and um he was you know convicted and sentenced and the um an appeal was filed by Jennifer Bongine who uh, is very famous for uh, winning the Bill Cosby's appeal I came in after that was filed I filed a supplement um on the case I added another issue that I felt was very important that hadn't been included in the supplement I argued that um recently so right now you know there's there's the trial court down here where the trial court happened and there's an appeal and the appeal looks at what the trial court did. So you don't argue the case all anew in a, in a appellate court, you argue that these yeah. mistakes happened in the trial court. So we're up here looking down at the trial court saying these mistakes happened. Um, so I did, so there was an appeal filed in a supplement. The tampering motion was all filed at the district court level saying, Hey, judge who, who, you know, did the trial or another judge, you know, who could hear this case look at this evidence of tampering this trial was tainted the FBI lied and you know tampered with evidence to get a conviction on the worst charges uh, that you could possibly have therefore give me a new trial because we couldn't have discovered this tampering you know during trial you know the the second report wasn't even given until like the last three days and, um, yeah, just, that's
0: like no time to do anything about it, really, as far cor- as the trial is concerned.
1: Correct. And, and the camera card, um, still to this day, I've been asking for a copy of it so my experts can look at it and probably uncover even more proof positive uh, instances of tampering, and the government won't give it to me. So, yeah. and, and again, tampering is fraudulent, fraud is designed not to be detected. So, um I have to prove that this is new evidence but that's my argument like you know how you know the the late discovery like you're saying but also this is fraud and it's not going to be readily apparent it was it's clandestine it's designed to be not detected even though it was detected you know fortunately so um we're waiting for the appellate court to make their decision on the appeal I'm asking for a new trial down here um and there, there's sort of a tension between the trial court kind of has the file and they yeah. haven't released it to the district court. So we either you know, win at trial or win at the appeal, which I, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't put a lot of stake in. Not, I'm not saying that the issues aren't good. I think yeah. the, the arguments on, on appeal are great. It's just, I know uh, there's a 40 year track record of appellate courts eviscerating our constitutional rights eviscerating the fourth yeah. amendment, eviscerating the fifth amendment, eviscerating the sixth amendment, anything they could do to you know, keep a conviction going, um, they they will make in their ruling. It's very, very rare for defense, uh, somebody who's been convicted to get a, an appeal overturned or to get their conviction overturned on appeal. So once they yeah. decide, then I believe that the motion for a new trial will be reactivated in the district court. So we're kind of waiting for the appellate court.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, So there, there is a, uh, a roadmap ahead. It's just the kind of more of like a waiting game trying to get everything, uh, set up for it then.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know, I have, like I said, I'm, I'm very confident in the, in the tampering that I could prove that that occurred while the material was in FBI custody and I'm not going away. Um, I'm not afraid. I'm going to shout the truth and, um, you know again without regard to whether Keith Ranieri is a good guy a bad guy Nexium was good bad indifferent. Yeah. um we need to treat everybody fairly even if Keith Ranieri was a devil himself he needs a fair trial how we treat the worst among us speaks to our system as a whole and I'm going to bring this um so I I do have uh other avenues that I'm working on to, to keep presenting this truth until I get somebody to actually listen.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you've definitely got your work cut out for you, especially in in this case. I mean, it's like, like you said, the, they're painting this guy to, to make it look like he is the devil himself. And yeah, maybe he's a scumbag, you know, but at the same time, he does deserve fair hearing. And if the, if the evidence has been tampered with it, all of it's got to get thrown out. And it's, uh, it's just kind of one of those things. So like, The we even have a guy, uh, Nick Fuentes, he he's like one of these white supremacist type guys. But, you know, they uh, raided his uh, his bank account. They took a couple million bucks from him. Uh, There's no trial or anything. I don't like the guy. I don't you know, I don't agree with everything that he says. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have like taken his money from him without due process. You know, it's that due process that's that's in there. Everyone deserves it
1: everybody deserves due process and you know let alone uh you know don't don't plant child porn on somebody and tamper with the evidence to make it you know to to make it look like it's child porn and then get a conviction on it i mean that's right. that's you know way out of bounds you know manufacturing evidence i mean it, it wasn't joseph stalin but it was his head of secret police who said bring me the man and i'll find you the crime and right yeah. now you know unfortunately today where we are in a position where if the government wants to get you, they can get you. And, um, Chuck
0: Schumer I, said that the, that the intelligence agency has got six ways to Sunday to come at you. <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. talking about Donald Trump.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, if I can win this, it's, it's at least one small victory in that battle of, of reclaiming, um, individual rights for everybody. And when i say everybody i mean i, I mean everybody i mean th- this yeah. is for all colors all races all ages all cultures all religions um we all can be unified under fairness and justice
0: yeah exactly because if they're going to do it to to somebody like renery the what's them to stop coming after me because you know i'm a loud mouth you know <laughs> yeah correct and, and with the vault seven revelations uh, with the julian ashans thing, it's like they can plant evidence on your computer that you were downloading child porn it's it it's almost like breathing for them it, it's like second nature so correct but uh yeah it's definitely a a, a tough case that you took on there uh so it looks like you got big shoulders and you can handle it <laughs> and i hope uh you know it, it at least uh to to bring some light to how this uh how the system actually works, uh, to people because the, we've all got this, you know, mixed up notion about, you know, crime shows on the, on primetime TV. And that's how we think it actually works. And it's, it's just backwards from that almost.
1: And did you know that the FBI pays hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to the writers of those crime shows to make law enforcement look like the heroes?
0: Oh yeah. They're all, you know, technical advisors on the show. Yeah. Uh, military does the same thing. It's like, whatever mm-hmm. we got to do to make us look good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody believes that, you know, the bad guy always gets away on a technicality, whereas, you know, it's so I mean, I I would just challenge anybody in our country to go to your local courthouse and find out when the motions are heard for felony cases and just go watch and see how many weeks it takes you to see uh, somebody who's accused win a motion where their case gets thrown out. I mean, it's very incredibly rare.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I, I've uh, I've heard about some trials uh, where you know the ghost dope is probably like the the most common phrase where the, they're just convicting on somebody of, of dope that's already been consumed, may have been consumed, who knows where was that dope? Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of stuff, and it that, that stuff will just drive you crazy because. You know, as a regular person, like if my neighbor was doing this to me, it's like, oh, I know you borrowed that hammer. It's like, well, where is it? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, no, it's, it's not here anymore. It, yeah, it's just it, crazy making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, where can everybody find out what's going on with you and keep up with your case and everything?
1: Sure. So um, the, the name of my law firm is Tully, T U L L Y uh hyphen weiss W E I S S dot um I also have com. that's more for like media um I do a lot of commentating uh Court TV NBC um you know Newsy I've just I do a lot of uh, commentating when people need uh, legal analysis and then um I have a, a Facebook uh, page for my law firm I have a I think a public page for me as a person. We have an Instagram and we have a Twitter. I think I'm Joseph Tully law on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Um, jo- Joseph Tully law on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So and
1: you know, I I work with somebody, um, it's somebody that I've known since I was like like nine years old, and he manages all my social media. Um, I don't have like a lot of direct contact, but I do work with him very closely, and yeah. um, we will we'll put up everything on there as well. Um, I think Nikki Klein is an actress from Battlestar Galactica, and yeah. uh, she was involved with uh, Nexium, and really, it, it, she experienced like thousands of other people who took these classes experienced a lot of good from it. Um, and she has a very active Twitter as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely have to to link that one down in the, down in the show notes once I'm done here. So yeah, man, uh, thanks for, for reaching out and coming on. It was like, I really had only heard just like the, the bad negative stuff about this case. So I had really no idea that there was even evidence tampering going on. I definitely didn't know about child porn being part of it, but, uh, it's, Crazy stuff. And I mean, it's just like one more uh, chalk mark in the con column for the U.S. justice system. It it, it needs so much work. And uh, there's I'm glad that there's good people out there like yourself who's willing to take on that, uh, the Leviathan, as uh, we like to call it in liberty circles and everything. So uh, thanks for coming on, Joseph. The, this was great, man.
1: Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. You too, man. Bye. And thank you for your show. Keep going.
0: Oh, I will. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And there he goes, folks. Joseph Tully. Uh, yeah. Once I get done here, I'll have all the show notes uh, down below uh, linked. Uh, also popped up his uh, Tully-Weiss.com uh, website on the banner there, but I, I'll show it again. Uh, so you guys can go check that out. Uh, yeah. Nexium. That's that's crazy. So I'm, I'm glad that somebody's uh, at least going on the, uh, the mishandling of the evidence or manufacturing evidence and everything else. So anyways, guys, take it easy. We'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with the Cause. Out.